What's good, everybody? Once again, it's the Daniel Lane Podcast, and we got a little something different for you today. We're going to be talking a little bit about college football and the, the national championship that's coming up, our prediction on who's going to make it, and that's right. I said our predictions last time. It was just me, but today, I'm actually joined by my friend Colin. Would you like to, how, how you doing, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself, man? Dude. I cannot complain one bit. I, if the Celtics lost tonight, I would have been telling you something completely different, though. I was a bit nervous. <laughs> I was watching it. I was nervous, too. Nah, nah. I, for real, I get that. I, I was watching it early on, and then I just kind of hit him with the, you know, I think it would be best if I didn't. I turned that off, <laughs> and I saw, like, they tur- they finally turned up, and I was like, we're just going to leave it at that. And then I saw OT, and I was just like, there is no way. So I didn't actually watch how it ended, but I'd say they won because I stopped. So, well, hey, that's fair. that's fair for sure. How, how's your uh, fantasy year been, by the way? I curious fantasy football. Uh, let's see. I got knocked out every first round. That was a part of Damn. after I think uh, my best my best year across all leagues. I think my lowest win total was nine. So I say it was a nice. pretty good year, except we didn't make a championship, you know. That's a W right there. I currently am in the championship of one of my uh, Devi leagues, which for those who don't know what a Devi league is, it's where instead of a rookie draft, you have like a developmental draft. So you can draft people who are still in college football or even high school football years in advance. And when they make it to the league, they're automatically on your team. So, but I made it to the championship. And I accidentally left Mark Cooper in my starting lineup. So I fumbled. <laughs> that was, dude, I honestly get this. So I currently, my starting quarterbacks in that league are Jake Browning and Joe Flacco. So the thought process is, damn, this guy's QBs must stink, right? So my quarterbacks yeah. that I drafted were, and you'll, you'll notice a trend here, Justin Herbert. Anthony oh Richardson and Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those were like <laughs> I it's insane to me. But anyways, this isn't a fantasy football show. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Who's to say? I know I'm not one. What we're here for today though is some good old college football. Man, I'm excited. I don't think we get to talk about it enough outside of draft season and that needs to change. I think which game would you rather start with? Would you rather start with Washington and Texas, or do we want to go with Michigan and Alabama first? Uh, I think we go with the one-four matchup. I think we go Michigan Alabama first. All right, I get. I like it. I like it. Michigan and Alabama. Man, oh man, I'm gonna just go ahead and get this started by saying, I I really think JJ McCarthy might have the most on his shoulders of any team in this playoff. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Oh, I absolutely agree. Dude, I saw my thing start spinning for a second. I got worried. I thought it all just crashed. But, yes, dude, <laughs> let me tell you. Because it's one of those things. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter. A lot. I probably spend way mm-hmm. too much time on there, chronically online. And the whole idea is, God forbid that Nick Saban loses to J.J. McCarthy. 
with a month of preparation. Mm -hmm. But, and I, I was one of those people. Those words left my mouth once. But I'm a changed man. I'm a changed man. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about it. And I was looking at all just like how Alabama's lost and well, they only lost one, but just the teams that have been the most competitive have usually had a very successful run game. But was what was really weird about it was it wasn't from their running backs. The only team that really just destroyed them straight up was LSU. And that was because mm -hmm. of Jaden Daniels, who tore them apart mm -hmm. with his legs. And when I saw that, I thought to myself, I mean, J.J. McCarthy, he's, he's, he's not, not, I mean, he's not as athletic as Jaden Daniels, but he's the type of athlete. He can still beat you with his legs, which like, got me a little nervous for Alabama, but you're the J.J. McCarthy expert. I'll go ahead and let you kind of take this away, my man. Yeah, so I think McCarthy has to play great for them to win. I mean, there's got to be no mistakes out of McCarthy. But what you're saying about using his legs, that's one of his uh, his ideal places to run out of the pocket if need be and fake out defenders. And if he has to, he doesn't even have to throw the ball, just go for the first down. And even if he does have to run, he's throwing it downfield to whoever is, you know, running the streak up the field by the time the play breaks down so right. i think when it comes down to it uh mccarthy's got to be damn near perfect yeah um and for that to even happen what i was saying his legs has you know has to be there and can't let the pocket collapse too quick or they're going to be in serious trouble i completely agree with you and he's just going to essentially have to do what he's done for most of the year just play efficient turnover free football one it's impressive mm -hmm. to me that he's completed 74 percent of his passes this season i honestly because i haven't got to watch a lot of michigan this year honestly i haven't so i going into this i knew a lot more about alabama and at first i thought it was just mm -hmm. alabama all day but it's a little closer than i thought it would be but that's, it's something like that. As you said, J.J. McCarthy has to be damn near perfect, which is why I think he is the most impactful football player in this year's college football playoffs. I, I don't know. like This game, he could really set this Michigan team up for success against Alabama because it's one of those things everyone talks about, oh, well, do we trust a guy like J.J. McCarthy? And for me, I'm just like, have I been given enough to really trust a guy like Jalen Milrow? So, mm -hmm. that's, I don't know. That's kind of where I am with just the quarterbacks, to say the least. But luckily, there's a lot more to these football teams than just a quarterback. What do you think about... Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Continue. I was just going to say, Milrow is uh, definitely a different quarterback than Michigan has faced this year. They haven't really faced that... Uh, that guy who's a, more of a uh, running type first, but then you have him, you know, talking about Milrow here, slinging the ball down the field. So it's going to be different uh, because, I mean, when you look at the Big Ten quarterbacks, the um, Michigan's played three ranked teams, and you had Aller, McCord, and whoever I was quarterback was. I mean, it didn't really matter who was going to be behind center for them, but – Regardless, it's it's definitely a different matchup 
for the Michigan defense against Milrow. Oh, I completely agree. And I think one thing that looking into this that got me excited is this is two of the best secondaries in college football, which then turned mm-hmm. my attention to, oh my God, the weapons. This is very important. And when it comes to just Alabama, it I mean, everyone knows this is not an Alabama offense that we're used to seeing. It feels like this is definitely it's probably been, I'd say, two down years now for Saban and co at Alabama. I mean, we saw them put up, what, mm-hmm. was it 17 against South Florida? And apparently, like, their mm-hmm. leading receiver is Jermaine Burton, and he only has 777 yards. So, and I, I'm just not really moved by their receiving core in that sense. So I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I, I feel like overall, Michigan's got the better weapons. Yeah, I I agree with that. And just to help, just to help, uh, what do you call it? Michigan here too. Michigan secondaries, as you were saying, their D backs, um, they should be able to have a good time against Milrow and right. uh, company. Just because, I mean, there's not there's not too much going on in that receiving core that really scares the Michigan defense. And Michigan's defense has been insane, probably the best in the country. I'd say it's the best. ridiculous. Yeah. I will say, overall, from a secondary perspective, I think Alabama has the best, but Michigan at number two. These are the two best secondaries in the country. And honestly, the only reason mm-hmm. I'd say I have Alabama over them is because I might be a sucker for the names. Because, I mean, Kool-Aid McKinstry, absolute dog of a player. All right? Top ten, top ten pick, right? Oh, most likely. He's, he is straight up incredible. So, mm-hmm. and then, of course, we have one of the best freshmen in college football in that same exact secondary, sec- uh, secondary, Caleb Downs, which, brother to UNC dog Josh Downs, by the way. <laughs> so, you know I got him, his back. And Malachi Morris. So, that, that is, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best, safety duo in college football. So, I am a little concerned for the Michigan weapons, but I feel like at the end of the day, it's all about that Michigan run game. Also, I don't know if they'll be able to yep, play sure. ball against Alabama, but if Michigan, if Michigan strikes first in this one and can set the tone early, I think it would be a difficult uphill climb for Nick Saban, which he probably is not used to in his career. Yeah, I actually totally agree with that. I think if Michigan wants to win this game, they can't they can't mess up early because this happened last year against TCU and they were playing um uh catch up the entire game. So if they can if they know how to work the clock, which they did against uh Penn State and Ohio State, they'll easily run through this Alabama team. It's right. really going to come down to coaching. Whoever wins the coaching battle, wins this game i there's no doubt in my mind and coaching battle something that really plays a toll into a lot of these teams is discipline and when you look at it it is without a matter of doubt that michigan is the most disciplined football team just honestly in the sport they're averaging what is it i think i think the 
numbers 2.9 penalties per game. But, I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. going to round that up to three. Whereas Alabama, we've seen them with penalty issues, and they're averaging six. So, mm-hmm. that's a pretty that could be a pretty impactful jump right there, especially when we see regularly penalties costing 10, 15 yards. That adds up really fast and can turn the tides for a game. Yeah. My, yeah, that all comes down to the Michigan's uh, offensive line. They're right. they're older. They got an older group over there, but they're smart, and that's huge. I mean, obviously losing Zach Zinters, you know, it's gonna hurt that's you. Gonna hurt. But that offensive line knows what they're doing, and that's that's one of the big reasons why I think Michigan has the best chance in this game. One thing, also, I guess, going from Michigan, I mean. I don't even think we've brought these names up yet, but, I mean, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, mm-hmm. the best running back tandem in the nation. Let me tell you, man. They are – you know how everyone's talked about peanut butter and jelly over at Detroit Lions? They are they are peanut butter, and they are jam, which jam is better than jelly, man. I'm going to be real here. Don't know where y'all stand on that. But, yeah, no, Blake Corum, he impresses me. Time and time again because of his size. Just five foot eight foot yeah. man. He plays some bully ball, man. It's hard to bring him down at times. And then of course you got Donovan Edwards, which is a completely different style of quorum. But you're not just gonna you there's no way you wear down both of these backs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I just mm-hmm. the second quorum looks like he's might be out of gas. Well, let's plug in some fresh legs and He's just as good, and some say even better than Blake Corum. Yeah, and a huge thing for Michigan, especially since they didn't have him last year, is now having him this year. That was, you know, obviously Edwards did incredible those games that Corum was out for, but Blake Corum is the better running back, and he's going to, turn tides man he's he's a special player he is very special i'm very excited to talk more about both of these guys honestly come draft season where we are looking to do a ton of more prospect episodes over at the staniel lane podcast i've been currently watching some receivers this year and i will say i do like oh my goodness i do like jermaine Byrne out of alabama man i really do he he could be if he can break loose, which won't be easy because this Michigan team, I'm fairly certain, is also one of the best teams in the nation about not missing tackles. They just they are one of the most solid tackling units in football. So that that that'll mm-hmm. be a big part because I don't see Alabama having any home run balls per se. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that and i think when it comes down to it it's just if michigan can stop those long deep shots and keep it short yardage because if you let milrow get any sort of separation he can he's more athletic than mccarthy so if mccarthy can use his legs and milrow he's gone so you have to you know keep a spy on milrow and make sure he doesn't escape that pocket. Oh, absolutely you do. And not to mention, Michigan, 
we'll just have to disrupt Jalen Milrow, which I think they can do because there's a there's a pretty drastic shift of efficiency when he is pressured. He is not that great under pressure, and we do have to worry about him potentially fleeing the pocket and beating you with his legs. But Michigan's also been one of the most or one of the best teams of pressuring the quarterback while only sending four, which is freeing up another guy in that secondary, mm-hmm. which will make it a lot harder if that man is a spy on, you know, on him. So that is mm-hmm. just something else to keep an eye out on. But I guess here we are when it's all said and done. Holland, who do you have winning this one? I have the Michigan Wolverines. I think they end up winning thirty-four to oh. her. Yeah, we'll say we'll say thirty thirty-one to twenty-four. I think oh. Michigan comes out on top. You have this one as a much higher scoring affair than I do, actually. So Okay, let me hear what you got. In my personal opinion, all right. And this was a toss-up. I went out and I got sushi for lunch and thought about this long and hard. I had to have, like, the best, you know? You a king, eat like one. And it is hard to bet against Nick Saban. Harbaugh, his bowl game and college football playoff resume is not great. 1-6 in in bowl games, 0-2 in the college football playoffs. So it's lacking in that department compared to, you know, Nick freaking Saban. So there's no way that Alabama gets outcoached, right? I beg to differ. I really do. Give me the Michigan Wolverines to win on Monday against Alabama, man. I on I have it as the final score of Michigan 23 and Alabama 17. I think that defense can lock them up. I sure hope none of my yeah, family. I think that I continue. <laughs> I was just gonna say I think your prediction might be a little closer, but I just I just think maybe maybe Michigan tones it down come the second half and you're probably right on the Michigan how many points they're gonna score for sure. If Michigan puts up I feel like if Alabama is to score well, if Alabama score more than Michigan, they win. No, I'm just playing, but if Michigan doesn't <laughs> score at least 20, they're cooked. And I know I said Alabama 17, like, oh, well, they're going to stop them on defense. I think they can, but let's be real here. There's a very good chance I can be wrong. And holding a team like that is coached by Nick Saban to 17 is not easy. So I'm, it's pretty bold of me to even say that they'll keep them under 20. But if Michigan doesn't score 20, I'm concerned. I really am. Well, mm-hmm. honestly, dude, I was hyped that for that one. I am not going to lie. And <laughs> I, I was so ready because I, I wanted it to sound like I was going to pick that Alabama team. But because I'm going to be honest here, I started the day I had Alabama. <laughs> that I started the day that way, and then I kind of did some digging, pulled up the advanced analytics, and I was really digging. Mm-hmm. And I went, Michigan you know? got a lot of dog in them, man. They got yeah. a lot of dog, especially with the whole hardball situation. Of course, already, already that happened, man. That right there. They're ready. They're ready to kill, man. They're ready to kill someone. What made me impressed was we were talking about their penalties earlier and how they only averaged three a game, and they did that with hardball missing mm. for a couple games, which just shows the level of yeah. discipline that this team plays at. And it is that that wins you football games. And that's what matters most at the end of the day. And these 
it, and the, when the lights are that bright, you cannot be fucking up. And I don't think Michigan will. Yeah, no. Especially when two of the or three or two out of those three games were against Penn State and Ohio State, two top ten ranked teams, man. So it's it, they got they got great coaches over there, smart coaches, and they know they know how to get to their guys. There was a uh, report earlier today. I say a report. It actually was just from his own word of mouth. Did you see how Jalen Milrow? Milrow said that Bill O'Brien tried to get him to convert from being a quarterback. What did he say? I'm sorry. Oh, I was saying Jalen Milrow apparently reported that or, or announced that Bill O'Brien wanted him to switch from being a quarterback and convert over to another position because of his athleticism. Really? Yeah. Which, huh. don't even get me started on the Bill O'Brien hire, man. I could We could rabbit hole all day long. I... Oof, we won't even do that. <laughs> Sticking on to the script here. I said there's not much of a script, guys, but Washington <laughs> and Texas. Oh, my God. I'm excited about this one. I really am. I know. Yup, this is, this is the most interesting matchup, in my opinion. You see, I, I completely agree, because both of these matchups are interesting for completely different reasons, you know, because... With Michigan and Alabama, you have two of the most revered and respected programs in college football. And just mm-hmm. the entire sport, you know? These two teams have brought you Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer after Super Bowl champion after Tom Brady. And meanwhile, you have Washington and Texas. And Washington has had, in the past, little bursts of couple couple years where they were on top and they were one of the best. But it's been really inconsistent. And then this is truly the question Mm of, is Texas football back? So, I'm excited. Honestly, would you like to kick us off with this one? Yeah. um, I think where to start with them? I think we'll start with Texas. I think we'll kind of just run through them. Uh, I mean, well, actually, let's just start with this. Both of these teams have great offenses. Incredible. Let's just start with that because this is going to be a high-scoring game. Agreed. High-scoring game for sure. Maybe like in the 40s type of high, wow. at least for one team. Um, And I think everything starts with the offense, and I think with Texas, it's got to be with running the ball. I mean, if they can start running the ball early and then open up the field for Quinn Ewers, this Texas team is probably the most dangerous offensively in this whole college playoffs. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, man, with these two teams, something that I know this is kind of, I guess, a little off topic, but the quarterback play as well is something that I'm very excited about because. You have Penix, and like this is it for him. You know he's got so much that he has to lay out on the line on that game. Like this is it for him. And then you have Ewers or Ewers, who is reportedly coming back to Texas, and he could. I mean, this this could be a big jump for a young quarterback like Ewers. So something 
something we talked about a little bit with Michigan and Washington, by the way, was we talked a good bit about offensive line and winning in the trenches and winning at the line of scrimmage. And this is one of those games as well where I think that's going to be very important because you looked and Washington won the Joe Moore offensive. Like they, they were the best offensive line in the country for 2023, according to them. Mm-hmm. But we can't let that distract people from Texas also boasting a very successful offensive line, which honestly mm-hmm. kind of brings up one of my first concerns for Washington. This pass rush feels like a one-man wrecking crew. And if Texas can hold Braylon Trice yeah. in check, then I don't know how confident that I am with in that Washington defense. As they're currently 120th in the nation in sacks with just 19 on the year. That's not going to be enough. Yeah, and I got Yeah, and I got some numbers here too. Washington is number 48th in the country in scoring defense, hmm. and then in total defense, number 90. Wow. So it's it's not it's not a, you know, tough core in that uh Washington de- Washington defense and that's going to be a big concern. Uh coming to this game it's going to be relying on michael Penix probably the entire game for oh, him. absolutely it it a lot is we talked about how much mccarthy has on his shoulders Penix as well now Penix has a little bit more help around him on that offense but mm-hmm. from an entire team perspective this washington defense is concerning something that would be very important when beating a well-rounded offense like Texas will be the run defense as this Texas team is once again well-rounded and they're coming off a game where they just had under 200 rushing yards against Oklahoma State so they can beat you on the ground and then they're one of the they're one of the best at doing it in the league as well so while Washington does have a better run defense it doesn't feel like by much yeah, I think the Texas run offense, that's second level blocking. Correct. I mean, we saw it uh, in the Alabama game. Oh, yeah. Early on in the year. There were seven minutes left in that game. And what did Texas do? They just ran it down Alabama's throat. The, the second level blocking was beautiful. Just beautiful. Just getting yards after yards, just pounding it on the ground. And if Texas can do that early on, they're about they're about to run that Washington team out of the state. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. I do still have some faith in Washington. I mean, you, I want something I noticed or I looked at. You gotta take note about their linebacker group. I think they can find success against the passing game over the middle of the field. And something else mm-hmm. that I noticed is that this Texas offense is a different animal once it gets past the 50-yard line, and in the sense of that, they're not as efficient. As there's less ground to work with, they haven't found as much success, and Washington has a pretty solid red zone defense. So I wouldn't be shocked if you see a little bit of a bend-but-don't-break approach from a team like Washington. So Because, I mean, the big issue will be Xavier Worthy, because if he get, mm. if he's allowed to get past the safeties, Washington's cooked. If a play has the time to develop, 
which there will be because this this pass rush isn't that great. And Quinn, not Quinn Ewers, and Xavier Worthy gets past the safeties. <laughs> He's gone. That is a home run ball player right there. And he he doesn't have to get past the safeties. I wouldn't be shocked if you see them do a bunch of wide receiver screens or something early on to set the tone because this Washington team is not an efficient tackling unit as well. Yeah. So, honestly, that's just my main concern with Washington is just straight up the defense because it's one of those things. Texas has seen a defense like Washington plenty of times this year alone. Has Washington seen a defense like Texas that can, I think, potentially, I mean, it'll be hard, but they'll put up a good battle against that Washington offensive line. Yeah, and not even just Washington's defense being bad, but they don't create turnovers. No. So Texas, if they can play not even a flawless football game offensively, if they just get most of what they won in that game, they'll command what I've seen for most of this year and just win through the offense. Agreed. Agreed. And I think at the end of the day, time and time again, it's the most complete teams that win these football games. And Texas feels like the more complete Mm -hmm. team for Washington. But there is one thing going towards Washington right now. We've been dogging a lot on their defense. But yeah, that Texas secondary is a bit sketchy. And it is a bit sketchy. That for sure. is concerning when you have a guy like Penix who he can, he can drop the ball wherever he wants. He's got the arm talent to do it. Absolutely. He's got the experience. He's been here before. He beat Texas just last year in the Alamo Bowl. He'll be looking to ruin their natty mm-hmm. chance. So he's been here before. Now, not at, like been here, but he's been here before. So yeah, they'll need to be prepared for this Washington offense that utilizes play action a good bit in their dropbacks. Penix is extremely efficient in these opportunities. And if a guy like Dylan Johnson finds any success in the run game, and if he can get hot fairly early, then... I will be a little concerned for Texas because that'll force them to load the box a little bit and making it less of a hassle for a guy like Oduns or Odunze. I'm still tossed up on the name. And then Polk (laughs) to get open because this receiving core is, I mean, they got probably one of, if not the best receiving, I don't say the best, I'd say so that's LSU, but Oduns and Ah, well, Ohio State. Anyways, Odun's and Polk and McMillan, I mean, they're dogs. They are, and they can beat you. They can beat you by passing the football if they need to, and that's how they've won most of their games. And outside of one game against Oregon where it looked kind of rough, but I, I just – people don't think that Washington's ready for this Texas defense. I see a lot of shit on Texas, or not shit on Texas, a lot of shit on Twitter about it. But I somewhat think they are. Yeah, I think Washington, uh, specifically talking about Michael Penix Jr. here, um, if that Texas defense can get any pressure on on him, he's going to look bad. 
Of but course. The thing about Michael Penix, he can get the ball out quick, and of he course. likes to sling the ball. So if his receivers can get down the field, they're going to be dangerous. But the thing about the Texas defense is that they like to play a two-safety set. And that will be a little more difficult for uh, for Washington to even get those big long ball opportunities while also keeping Michael Penix in the pocket there and trying to make the uh, offensive line collapse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Honestly, I guess if I was to say what the keys of the matchup for Washington, Texas are, a lot of it weighs in on that Texas secondary a lot. And then for Washington, I'd say I all eyes on Penix, man. All eyes on him. This is his moment. Absolutely. Absolutely agree there. So, here we are. Do you have anything <laughs> else to add, potentially? No, no, I think I feel ready to do the predictions. I'm cool with it. I I had you know what you, you know what you go first. You take it away with the prediction part. I think it's one of those games where I think the better quarterback doesn't come out on top. I think Michael Penix might just end up collapsing, and for that saying. I think Washington's going to have to be playing keep up most of the game offensively. So I'm looking at a 41 to wow. 34 score for the Texas Longhorns to win. Okay. Okay. Dude, I love how you have just so much more confidence in these picks right here. Because <laughs> I'm going to be real here. I am torn on this one just as much as I am with Michigan and Alabama. I really am. After reading the ins and outs of these teams, because I've watched a good bit of Texas, and I've watched two Washington games, because I don't want to stay up for all that sometimes. <laughs> and it's it, it kills me because I'm a huge fan of Quinn Ewers. I really am. I think he has got a bright future ahead of him. This would be a big step for mm-hmm. him as just in his development as a quarterback. But something that just I keep looking back to is the ceiling of this Washington offense. This passing game, it's going to give Texas some troubles. But, but what really is swaying my like just decision is simply Washington's inability to tackle, as I kind of hit on earlier. And in a game like this, you have to eliminate home run plays. And I don't mm-hmm. think I trust that Washington secondary, specifically, to eliminate a guy like Xavier Worthy or just A.D. Mitchell, you know? I don't know if they can do that. This, these are two guys that many have in the first round, and both of them are probably going to go at least in the second. So it's mm-hmm. a good duo. Penix has the experience, and he has the talent, and he has the offensive line. But the more complete team comes out on top. And that is why I actually have Texas winning this one. Not I don't have it as high as yours, I won't lie. And I, I probably should. Okay. 
<laughs> but I currently have it at Texas 33 and Washington 27. Okay. I just think it might be an offensive shootout. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm, I'm looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wanted to. See, I honestly, I struggle here because it is so hard for me sometimes to really put up a high-scoring prediction, man. I Even though I should yeah. know, it's, it's one of those things. I think a lot of times we'll see, I mean, we read online all the time all these inabilities that these defenses have, but game plan, game plan, game plan. Like they can look mm-hmm. good any you know, any given Saturday, in this case, any given Monday, like it's the college football playoffs. This is it. They're gonna be coming out playing their best football on the year, hopefully. And I think they can turn up just a bit. So I'm excited. Yeah. These are I'm excited for these playoffs alone. Oh, I mean, same. I like who anybody can win. I think this is the first year I've ever felt confident that if Michigan wins against Bama, they could win the national championship. If Bama wins against Michigan, they could win the championship. And then Texas, Washington, like any team can win it this year. And that's the most exciting part because I don't know who's going to do it. Love them or hate them. I still think the committee got it somewhat right with this one. I the Florida State was completely deserving of it, but let's be real here. Mm-hmm. If I was having to predict Florida State yeah. against any of these other three teams right now, I would not be as excited. So, that's, no, it would be it. FSU would be killed. They'd be murdered. Blank, man. And, they'd be murdered. And I know TCU, they beat a really good Michigan team last year, but at the end of the day, we saw what happened in the national championship, and they are not risking that ever again. TCU, TCU and Auburn single-handedly killed Florida State's hopes after losing their quarterback. Because if my, Alabama doesn't have their miracle, and if TCU doesn't get murdered, you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if Florida State gets the nod. You just never know, honestly. I'm not in the committee, so maybe I should be. Yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> I, I would have gotten it right. And honestly, th- I, this is what I had, personally. I was really disappointed with how Florida State's season ended as I was talking about them yeah. being in the playoffs, honestly, about this time last year. I was talking about Florida State being a really good unit early on into it and mm-hmm. i'd say i was a little bit ahead but i honestly i didn't expect him to just go straight up undefeated like that i was impressed so yeah meanwhile unc football is once again back in the mud um yeah they end up losing against west virginia right yeah they did it wasn't good honestly mm-hmm. that that was one of those things i couldn't watch it live but what I've seen, it's probably a good thing. And <laughs> the Drake May deniers out there, look at that UNC offense without him. God, it's a mess. And that's what he was dealing with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that offensive mess and that defense that would give up like forty points a game. Oh, I know. It's it was it was a brutal <laughs> year. This is this is truly the image of the the horse that's perfect in the beginning and then looks like straight up ass at the end. That's exactly how North Carolina's seasons in football normally go at this point. And yeah. I'm personally I'm ready to move on from Mac Brown. I don't think he's the guy. He's excellent for 
recruiting reasons. But outside of that, he's done some questionable hires as assistants. So, well. Yeah, I was going to ask how you felt about him. I mean, just something about those real old coaches. Like, they got to move on at some point. Oh, I completely agree with you. I mean, I'm currently in the mix of being out on Bill Belichick. So if I'm out on Bill Belichick, I'm out. I'm most definitely out on a guy like Mac Brown right now. They've both been around hey, for a while, but I think the best of their <laughs> days are behind them, personally. I really do. And I will say Belichick's probably getting a little thrown under the bus a bit too much. But I also think that in the end, I and many others were giving that Denver Broncos team a little too much credit at the end of the day. They won some really ugly football games, and kind of ruined my Christmas Eve a little bit, not going to lie. <laughs> um, the idea of Drake May in a Patriots uniform is very exciting to me, and now it's questionable. Oh, that's, that's a cop. Yeah, that's that, a Jersey cop right there. Straight away, dude. Love the Drake Mac. I can't wait to put it next to my Mac Jones, Cam Newton, Josh Gordon jerseys. <laughs> how how much of a ransom? Hey man, I'll put mine. Okay, continue. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say, how much of a ransom do you think Mac is gonna have on that number ten? He's definitely gonna ask for like half of his first year contract, right? Yeah, or we could just kick Mac Jones out of town. <laughs> oh my god, that hurts me so much after how much I've defended that man, dude. It really does. That's just... Uh, like, honestly, the whole Mac Jones situation is one of the many reasons I am out on Bill Belichick, which... I don't know where you stand on that, but I honestly, if, if you got... If, if you're ready, I'd, I'd love to hear what you think about his future. Belichick's future? Yes, Belichick's future. Oh, man. I think this is probably going to be his last year, if I had to guess. Do I want him to go? No. I I would like him to at least give it maybe another year or two, but I think the way it's going to go is he's going to be out and the team that I think he ends up going to is the Chargers. I think he can work with Herbert, and that would be probably the most ideal spot. Ooh. But I, I don't – it's it's hard. It's hard because I want Bill out of the front office. He's not a good GM. Oh, of course. And it just – like, yeah, he can still coach. It just doesn't help that he has one of the worst receiving cores I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Which is his fault. Like, Which is his fault entirely. in the front office, not him coaching. Yeah. But, yes. It's, it's um, been brutal. It's been brutal, but who would be the new head coach? Would it be Bill O'Brien, or would they go the younger route and go Gerard Mayo? Oh, Buddy, I am glad you asked. Oh, man. <laughs> Do I have a list for you, buddy? For starters, I know it's a name that everyone's talking about right now. Ben Johnson on the Detroit Lions. Love him. 
but mm-hmm. I'm all for Gerard Mayo. I'm all for the idea of... I do like the Mayo, man. Dude, Gerard Mayo would like be awesome. It. Imagine if we had him with Will Levis. I, I, don't, I don't really want Will Levis to be my quarterback, but at this point, I'd take him, and it would be awesome to have Levis and Mayo. But... Two Mayo men. Oh, I, yeah. All right, I get it. I get it. Okay. <laughs> I think my friend Ryan is going to hate this. But I think you could sway Dan Quinn with some money. He could be very well next up in Dallas, which... Because if McCarthy, if McCarthy, wait, yeah, if, sorry, yeah, Mike it, it, it threw me for a loop because I talked about McCarthy earlier. And I was like, wait, this isn't JJ. Hold on, wait, hold on. Um, <laughs> but if Mike McCarthy doesn't bring results with this roster and despite it dealing with some injuries, I still think there is a very real situation. You could have a guy like Dan Quinn step into a head coaching role at Dallas, but let's say he doesn't. I think he's very well deserving of one right now. And I'd be willing to give him a shot. And I, if you want to yeah, buy... I think... I, Continue. I was just going to say, um, I think Dan Quinn should have earned a job last year. Of course. And the fact that he is even back as a defensive coordinator is crazy to me. I agree. He should have been the hire for the Panthers. Agreed. Every sense of the way. I mean, they need all the help they can get. But Dan Quinn should have been, like, the number one guy to get this offseason head coaching. 1,000%, honestly. Dude, honestly, I look at my list, and I have a lot of just defensive coordinator guys. Because up next, I'd have Mike McDonald for the Ravens right now. Because that Ravens defense has been incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have a guy like Jadavion Clowney and Kyle Van Noy in 2023, and... You're one of the league leaders in sacks this season, and you have one of the best pass rushes. That's pretty impressive to me. But I didn't even know Kyle Van Noy was still in the league. Oh, I thought buddy. he was. I thought he was out of the league. That's even crazier. <laughs> I was pissed that he went without a team for as long as he did. He was very deserving mm-hmm. of a job. He had a good year with the Chargers. But I'd say he would. He's always been underrated. Oh. He's always been that, like, really good, like, he can fit anywhere, anytime. I loved him with the Patriots. He was awesome. I'll never forget my first year up in, or my first time ever visiting Boston. I was up there, and I was in the Patriots Pro Shop, of course, up in Foxborough. And when I was looking at jerseys to pick, I said, man, I need to get a guy who just exudes and radiates being a patriot mm-hmm. and there's all these guys i'm like well i have the brady jerseys i have this i the, i should have gotten Devin mccordy in the end but i went yeah kyle freaking van noy so i was like <laughs> there's no way he doesn't come back this is when i learned never ever ever buy a jersey of someone who's on a contract here kyle freaking yep. van noy man that's a patriot right there give him to me bought it and then the very next year Bye. There he goes. So yeah, heartbroken, bro. Heartbroken. I have a terrible Patriots jersey collection, but I have one more guy. Mine's my, mine's not too bad. My collection's not too shabby. I got uh oh yeah. Let's see. I got two Brady's. Of course. Uh, I got the blue one, and then the the gray silver one they used to wear back Ooh, in the day. Yeah. Have that one. Uh, I got Edelman. 
I got uh, the Wes Welker. It's the uh, the Ooh. red jersey with the AFL patch back in the back in oh, the day. Oh snap! Man. <laughs> uh, we got Randy Moss, and my favorite is the Adam Vinatieri one. I found that in my closet a couple years back. I gotta say, it's the craziest thing I've ever found in my closet. Tell you that that is insane. That that is actually <laughs> awesome. You know, I wish I had a jersey collection like yours. <laughs> you know, the Cam Newton jersey, mm-hmm. the Kyle Van Noy jersey, got the Brady jersey back when <laughs> our home jerseys were just color rush jerseys. Oh, God. Uh, what Jesus, that was horrible. <laughs> Two Mac Jones jerseys, um, a Judon Ooh, jersey, a Josh Gordon jersey. <laughs> <laughs> look man hey i look. need to get a peppers jersey i need Dude. One oh my god peppers and mac wilson mm-hmm. better it be on this team next season like honestly i haven't looked I think at the contracts definitely well oh my god he's been incredible it, his career Pepper. resurgence has been awesome mm-hmm. well that's great for me because i mean when he was at michigan and he came into the league he wasn't very good, so I was like, oh, man, like, my favorite college player, like, sucks ass. <laughs> Just to come find out, yo, this guy's great with us. Like, he's on my favorite team, my favorite college player. Like, this is phenomenal. I love this. His best career highlight came when I was playing my friend in Madden, and I returned a 108-yard uh, missed field goal into the end zone for a touchdown. The the field goal attempt was 108 yards, but I took it back 108 yards. So yeah, it was a uh, it's pretty impressive, I must say, must pretty impressive. But yeah, why do I have two Mac Jones jerseys? That's an amazing question. I don't know. And when I wore, I have one of them is the red jersey, of course. You know, this beautiful throwback. So I'll not have to live with that awful decision for the rest of my life. And I was wearing it the night when I watched this man get booed off against the Chicago Bears and everyone. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is it. Mm-hmm. But on the 30th, I'm supposed to get my uh, Teddy Bruschi jersey because I had one before and nice. then I leaned up against a wall with wet paint and ruined it. So yeah, redemption. Hey, I, I love the Bruschi pick. I would have a Bruschi jersey if I could right now. One of the dopest players. Oh, 100%. Hundred percent, man. My family knows me all too well. They only give me two types of gift cards at the holidays: Taco Bell and Fanatics. What more could a man need in his life? Because I ain't trying to buy jerseys, and I'm sure as hell not trying to buy Taco Bell all the time. So they basically mm-hmm. paying it for me. What a W. Yeah. Well, hey man, Fanatics is dope. Dude. Fanatics is dope. Uh, I gotta, I gotta buy my dad a uh, Bobby Orr jersey. Oh wow, that'd be a nice, nice, nice jersey dude. for him. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I did. It would be nice, bro. Honestly, Fanatics. We need more options of throwback jerseys. For one, two. Yes, we do. The NFL needs to get more creative with jerseys. They really do because I, I've said this a couple times, but I wish they would take an approach kind of like the NBA where they had the like earned jerseys where if you made the playoffs, mm-hmm. you got that specialty jersey. Do something like that once. Just please. I'm begging. 
Not even just jerseys. I want helmets. Oh, 100%. I want something created with the helmets, dude. There's nothing going on up there. Respect to the Bears and the Chargers. And just for them at least giving it a shot. And honestly, shout out to Denver. Because I feel like these next jerseys that they're about to release are about to be sick. If they're anything like what they wore on Christmas Eve... Oh my god, I'm excited for a rebrand. I hope they still suck, but I'm excited. <laughs> well, I hope they suck because of what they did to Russell Wilson. Oh. No doubt what they did was horrible. They for real hit him with that Subway meme, bro. Damn, this sandwich sucks. Motherfucker, you made the sandwich. Like, this is exactly <laughs> what that was. Oh my god, it's they disaster. Him. They did. They hoed him. Bro, from an organizational standpoint... Oh, hey, man, just so you know, two months ago, by the way, just so you know, we honestly plan on releasing you at the rate that this is going, and I don't think this is going to work out. Oh, but you're going to continue to start games. What What was the thought and process? Not even, just, not even just play games, but they've been winning games. Of course. And have a shot at the division title. Which so I'm not, not really sure what's going on with Sean Payton in the front office, but I don't like it. I don't know what what the Broncos are gonna do. Maybe they trade up for a guy like Drake May, and maybe oh, that's God. what they see and what they like for next year. Currently, I'm fearing the idea that the Commanders trade up for a guy like Drake May or Caleb Williams because uh, reportedly, and once again, reports since it can all be smoke and whatnot. But reportedly, they really love Caleb Williams, and they very well could be a team to watch move up. Because as it currently stands, they have the third overall pick, I believe. So, wow. <laughs> Dude, I feel like every single episode, there is a Jersey conversation. I think it's just become the Stanio Lane <laughs> special as a Jersey conversation. And all my friends question it 24-7 about just my obsession with these jerseys. <laughs> But oh my god, there are some good ones. There really are. (sighs) Well, something, we we talked about head coaches for a second there. And I did have one more guy I wanted to bring up. Bring me back Brian Flores, damn it. I want Brian Flores back in the Patriots organization. You could promote Mayo and bring back Flores. And I will be game. Honestly, I would I'm game turn for up. That. that. Oh yeah, that would turn where, up. Where is he? Is he in? Is he in Minnesota right now? Currently making the Vikings defense look decent somehow. It wasn't always that way, but yeah. man, it looked rough at the beginning, but it's been much improved. And I think, I mean, he was wrongfully outed as a coach anyway. What Miami did to him, absolutely criminal. Criminal. Yeah. They said, God forbid yeah. that you didn't want to tank. And you preferred Justin Herbert over Tua, the right call. How dare mm-hmm. you? Get the hell out of here. And they're lucky this didn't blow up in their face because Mike McDaniel, he's a silly, silly, goofy dude. He's not like other guys. He's quirky yeah. and different. But he's man. Quirky, he's different. He wears cool clothes. Like, how could you not like him? He's a dog. He's nah, awesome. <laughs> and I hate it. It pisses me off. I hate it too. I'm, I hate it too, man. I hate it. I don't want to watch this man succeed at all. But 
Like, he's so corny. I don't want to see corny people like him succeed. That's how it is. Hey, bro. I think it is kind of fun. I, I'd, I'd rather some corny dude be succeeding than, like, I don't know. Sean Payton right now. Bounty Gate. So. Oof. Man. While you're here, by the way. Yeah. We can uh-huh. we, we can talk about something that. All right, it'll be really brief, but something that. I haven't got to talk about it at all. Let me hear None it. of my friends like college hoops enough. Mm-hmm. Man, what what are your thoughts on UNC so far this season? Like, what right now, where do you stand? They're a really good team. Obviously, they dropped the game against UConn, which I wasn't too mad about, but it was the Kentucky game where yeah. they had that game. They could do anything they wanted and they could have won that game. But they were so sloppy, and it's just – it wasn't working. Went to Oklahoma, and they did their work. So it's definitely, you know, two ranked wins and two – oh, wait. Actually, is it three ranked wins? I feel like it's three Tennessee, ranked wins. And, Oklahoma. And they beat someone in the Maui, right? The Maui tournament? I believe so. I'm... Was it Arkansas? I think it was, I think it was Arky, but hmm. Let me look that up real yeah, fast. Say I got it currently on my laptop here. I can type. Oh my god. Yeah, they beat Arkansas, number twenty Arkansas. They beat number ten Tennessee. And the, I mean, the loss against Villanova, you lose by two in overtime. The free throw comparison was oh my where everything god. stood. Dude. I'm not a person to be like, oh, the free throws won them the game, but a 36 to 23 free throw, you know, for both teams, Villanova having 36 of them. I don't know, man. That's Dude. that just seems like a way too much for a game that that close. That amount of free throws in general, pitiful. Like. It, it's disgusting. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, damn it. Ever since we've embarrassed the NCAA with the whole Devontae Walker thing, the calls have been utter garbage at times. Garbage. It's yep. been awful. Yep. And I'm not here to say that that's the only reason we lose. There's plenty of reasons we lose in every single sport. Football team, we just genuinely stink. But college mm-hmm. basketball, that Villanova game? That was chalked. That was dumb. It was much like the Alabama game last year. Just somewhat some bullshittery. Going yeah. On. Like. Yep. Absolutely. Was, the free throw battle just isn't fun for basketball. But man, I will say that that Kentucky game was frustrating. I think there was a yeah. lot. There, honestly, it's one of those things for me of, okay, we kept it a close game. And that's probably the most frustrating defeat we are gonna have in the sense of we didn't look good and we kept it that close and it's all thanks to the best guard in college basketball rj freaking davis man oh my god best player in the nation honestly RJ davis the I way he's it. playing insane that's special special his just streak of games right now against ranked opponents this year disgusting he hasn't scored less than 20 that's just filthy, my man. Filthy. 
Is it even less than 25? I think, I think it like, might be 24. That's even crazier. Which just is crazy. That stretch of game. I know. Especially against a Tennessee My defense, God. which is considered one of the best in the sport. And we dropped mm-hmm. that much on them. We had it, we, we cooled off in the second half, but man, that was a great game, too. That was a very yeah, good game. Yeah, that first half, especially. And then you look at the rest of North Carolina's schedule for all of January, just one ranked opponent in Clemson. I mean, hey, I'll take it as we can because then come February, you have another game against Clemson and then the game against Duke and then a game against Duke again. And those are the last three ranked opponents for UNC this year. I'm so excited. I I really am. I think, honestly, if Baycott can get his head out of his ass, I think this is definitely a team that goes to the Final Four. Not not to just throw someone under the bus, but yeah, I mean, I it's such a hard year to figure out. I think this early on, I don't think there's been like a real dominant team. No. Maybe Arizona, but even then, I I just don't know. Maybe maybe Purdue does what Virginia did when they lost to a sixteen seed, and they just go marching down to the finals and win. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's really anyone's game. Like UNC could be like national champions, but they also could be Sweet Sixteen exits. Like who knows this year with this team? Watching what happened to Purdue last year in class was it's it's or I say last year it was this year, but I guess technically we're getting close to last year. But starting this past March is like ingrained into my mind forever or engraved (laughs) like that was awesome like this is this is why we watch man this is why we watch so (laughs) absolutely i'm so glad i got to talk any sort of like hoops in general on the podcast it is i'm pretty sure outside of hockey it's the least talked about sport here so college basketball just all just basketball somehow honestly and i i love me some basketball i really do but hey if you ever want to talk ball i got you i'm i'm more in the basketball than i am football so there's that (laughs) hey come march hey come march i know where to find you hey i got you oh we could do our predictions for uh oh my goodness oh the stay in your lane bracket tournament Oh yes, bro. Oh. there we go. Bro. Oh, we cooking. <laughs> Y'all gonna have to hold me to it. I yes, might forget. Are. I might forget. <laughs> oh man, well <laughs> I'll remind you, man. I'll remind you. Dude, thank you. I'm that whew, that's got me excited. Well, do you do you have any final thoughts? Just anything you wanna say? Yeah, when it comes down to it, Michigan's winning the national championship. That's that's my prediction to end the podcast. Dude, there you guys go. I'm so happy you said that because I'm definitely gonna have like an episode previewing the Natty, so I can't say what I want to say, <laughs> but I'm glad at least somebody got to put down a Natty prediction. So I appreciate that. Do you got do you got a final score yet off top of your dome? Against Texas, going 
Oh, this is tough. Go 27-24 Michigan. I think it's going to be a close game yeah. against Texas in that natty. Oh, my God. I got, I got like, my, my, I got chills, dude. Chills. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure, my man. It has been fantastic having you on. Everyone, if you've made it this far, it is greatly appreciated. Go ahead, if you have the time, leave a rating or something. You can be as brutally honest as you want. I'm going to have polls down in the links, or not in the links, but down below. Go ahead and make your predictions. Go ahead and make your call. What's going to be the natty? I want to know. We'll talk about in the next episode, which will be a preview of the natty, or it should be. We'll see what it all is. Who knows at this point? As you all know, it's me, William. Colin has been an incredible guest. We are out of here, and you all need to stay in your lane. We'll be seeing you.